welcome to Alter to the Muse, episode 12. I'm Josh. And I'm Angie. And this episode is called Front and Center. This topic makes me mad. (laughs) (laughs) We were just looking over notes for discussion here, and I could feel like my blood start to boil, you know? And so I think it's like the heart of the problem. So what we're really talking about with front and center is why aren't the arts and the music and the creative practices front and center, right? They're always on the sidelines. And what brought this up was my noticing, I get the the New York Times headlines every morning. Um, It's really about as much news as I can handle. I just read the headlines. I know what's going on in the world and I move on with my life. But what I notice in the in these headlines is that they list all the terrible, awful things that are happening in the world, politically, financially, health-wise, you know, because we're in the, still in the COVID pandemic. And then after all the bad stuff, they say, thank you for subscribing and make a donation. And then they list arts news. They list a few art topics. So it kind of gives the impression that here's the important stuff. Thanks for reading. Oh, yeah, we also have a few art things. It's never front and center. Yeah, that, you <laughs> you were uh, fuming this morning over that. <laughs> and, um, and, it, and it is. It's, it's totally true. I mean, if you pick up any newspaper and above the fold, there'll be whatever disaster of the day is. And seven pages in there'll be the arts and and entertainment section right um (laughs) entertainment entertainment right and it's it's or or if you watch the news which i'm thankful that we never have it on in the house um you'll notice that there'll be the first you know 20 minutes of a half an hour segment will all be the doom and gloom and then they'll have what they call the fluff piece at the end the thing that makes you feel good inevitably it is um some story about some good thing that happened in the world. And it might be about, um, it might involve the arts, but it often doesn't. It's just some happy little tale or something that lifts your mood. Right. And, and the thing is, is that what if, what if that was reversed? Right. Like, do, would you even need that as fluff if we weren't focusing on all the bad stuff first? Yeah. And that's this, uh, it's like this, it's like this never ending, perseverance on doom. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. And, you know, it does, and when you read studies, I was just reading some studies about the benefits of the arts. And the <laughs> tops, the top stories that pop up were how we should have more arts programs in schools because they help math and science scores. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I love that. As a, as a music teacher, as an art instructor, you know, a person who, this is my life, right? It's my career. Um, that, the, that my value is defined by how well I supplement, um, academic, um, work. And one of the things that, um, that, that happens to me in school, especially around exam time and around end of quarter times is that, you know, students will come to my class and they'll, and they'll be like, Hey, could I take this period to work on my this class, or could I take this period to work on um, on this homework? I've really got to get it done. Um, and 
and normally I will, I will allow them to do that because I, I think that learning how to manage your time is actually a really valuable skill and that you have to decide what you're going to let go. And the, um, unfortunately, uh, some days I'm less inclined to do that. And I'll ask the kid, I'll, I'll say, well, have you asked your social studies teacher if you can take their class to work on your science? And they look at you like you're insane. <laughs> and, um, and I say, look it. I said, I don't understand. I said, this is how I make my living. This is how I pay my bills. This is music for me is the most important thing. And what you're saying to me when you walk in the room and you want to leave to go do something else is that it's not the most important thing to you. And I can understand that. I can dig that. But at the same time, why am I always the thing that takes the back burner? Right, right. No, and, and it's, it's so insidious in the schools. It's so insidious in the schools that the art and the music teacher, if you're lucky, you have a theater program. Right. And, and even more unlikely is a, a dance program. Exa oh, yeah. I mean, I can't even think of a school that offers a dance. Yeah, like specifically? like In a, like I, a high school yeah. or a middle or an elementary. Yeah. <laughs> so these essential needs, I mean, these, I, I like to say, you know, these things were around before math and science were around. Well, absolutely. We um, were doing these things while still looking at the stars and wondering what the heck was up there, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the arts were partly how we started to figure out those things because they invited our imagination and our creative thinking, right? And so the thing is, is that the scientific advances, so the scientific revolution, you know, that happened a few hundred years ago became front and center, yeah, that's, that's it. what happened. Yeah, that's it exactly, and and it, it isn't to to you know what we what we wonder and what I believe would be probably the case is um, and, and partly because we've done experiments with our own children in this um, is that if you allow a, a a child to explore what they're passionate about then the things that we consider academic, things like learning to read, things like learning how to do problem solving and research and, um, and those kinds of core academic skills that you need, that you need to be able to um, exist in the 21st century, um, take care of themselves because there's a natural tendency to when you're learning about something, when you're desiring to learn to do something, that you will you will do your own research for it. I don't mean that in the way that someone might post on Facebook to go do your own research. No, but you'll start looking but, into something and reading about it and questioning and yeah. thinking and then looking again. And that's, you know, that's part of the creative process. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, the, the how, many, how many books on, on drawing does our daughter have? I mean, incredible library. Right. She's essentially self-taught. Yeah. I think she so. has not been in a formalized art class for a long time. You know, the school that they're in now, um, they again, art is kind of on the side. <laughs> you know, they don't have an art teacher and I love right. this school, but they don't have an art teacher. Right. You know, it's really the f the first thing that gets cut from the funding. Yes. And so 
this is such a problem. I, I dare to say it is at the root and it is front and center at our problem because there is evidence, uh, scientific evidence, that <laughs> states that the arts are essential to mental health. Like right. engaging in art and music and poetry and dance and any number of things that are considered creative lowers your cortisol, helps you have better responses to stress. Like we know this and we still don't center it, especially in schools, especially in children. It's always on the side. It's always the afterthought and it's always the first thing that gets cut. Yeah, and, and, you know, we had um, uh, a few years ago, and I suppose even still today, um, it's still kind of a thing, is, you know, we have, we have um, STEM programs, you know. Um, oh, don't get me started. Uh, I, and, 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 then, and then there were some, some, some hopes and tryings of including the arts in that, so they became STEAM, steam. programs. And, um, that made some steam over here. And then... And then <laughs> And then there was then there's this the the idea of the makerspace and I love the idea of a makerspace a place where you go in and you you got stuff and you can just make stuff I love that what I don't love is when you have a, 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 the way way makerspaces sometimes get incorporated into schools is kids come in and there's a preset project for them to learn everyone has the same circuit board and everyone has because it's still science based. It's it's not it's it's not inventing based in the same way. It's like you learn how to put together this thing by following the schematic, and that's fine. It, it's not really a whole lot different than building a bookshelf that you picked up at you know <laughs> the store. You know, right. and you got to follow the the dia the drawn diagram. Um, right. The. <laughs> It's actually, I think, pretty much exactly the same. Yeah. And while I think those things, those kind of creative experiences have some value, if you mm. only ever limit yourself to those paint-by-number sort of situations, you are really not engaging with yourself, I think, in a really authentic way, in a way that expresses something inside of you that needs to be expressed. Yeah, that's that's what... um. The, the, it, it's the difference between uh, a kid coming in and seeing all the stuff and going, oh, let me play with that. Or a kid coming in, sitting down and saying, okay, tell me what to do. Exactly. I mean, where does the real learning happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, and as, as instructors, we know that the, the real learning happens when you explore and experiment and create with the tools that you have access to and if you don't have access to them maybe you make them right you know you create a new tool right to do the thing that you're trying right. to do um, and it's really it's it's a practice it's something that there's probably some kind of neuroplasticity in the brain that the more you do that kind of inventive thinking the better you get at it you know i think of somebody like my mom who if, I always think she's the queen of of that kind of thinking like she can imagine a use for something and you would go what Really? And it works, right? And sometimes it doesn't work, you know? And that's okay, too. But she holds the mental space for that possibility. She doesn't assume that the thing you're given has one function. And I think it's partly because of her growing up in Sicily. 
during like the 50s and the 60s and the early right. 70s. And it was still kind of a, a poor community. And, and she didn't grow up with wealth. And you had to be creative. <laughs> you, had to, you had to figure things out. And again, when you're when you have to think about things in that way, it does develop some strength in in your brain. And and when we're engaged in that way, this has I think been a theme in every episode. When we are engaged in that creative process, in that imaginative thinking, the other problems drop down, right? The stressors, they drop down. The worries, they sh- they drop down. Like this is why these creative practices reduce cortisol. And so the more that we engage with them, we l- worry less. And, and when we're not centering, when we're not putting the arts front and center in our schools, in our, our, our funding, in, in the news, in our media, it's never, it's always the fluff. And if it was a if we flipped that script, if we put it center, what would change? Right, exactly. What's what, possible there? You know what what would happen if we if we and, and this is this is a thing that that gets to me is that when we do make like let's say a television show about the um, the arts, like uh, a show like um, well, in the New York Times this morning they were talking about HGTV. Okay, you know the Home and Garden. Network, right? Sure. That's essentially what I think of when I think of TV creativity. <laughs> right. I, I was thinking more along like America's Got Talent or oh, like that The Voice. Too. Yeah. You know, and and we have these shows where where the people come up and and they sing and they get judged and it's a contest mm. and it and it's a contest. Right. Right. Yes. It's not a celebration. Right. Who's the best? Who's the best? And, and then there's a lot of losers because only one person can be the winner. That's right. And. They're not even singing their own songs. They come in and they sing some tired song from the 80s or something. And it's like, come on, where's this person's voice? Like, this is called The Voice, and what you've asked them to do is be a parrot. Right. Right. And then you make everyone text in who you think is the best parrot. And I just want to blow up at that. (laughs) <laughs> and so it, it creates a lot of steam. <laughs> it creates a lot of steam. Yes, it does. And uh, and so yeah, I mean, even when we even when we put the arts up front, when we have the Grammy Awards and we have the Academy Awards and we have those, what are those things? Those are all contests. And you know, I do a lot of listening to music, and I'll tell you what, most of the recordings that I love are not Grammy winners. There's something about the sterilization mm. of the musical performance that turns into this, oh, such a beautiful recording that loses all yeah, of the humanity. It's not organic. No. That's why we eat organic food <laughs> and not prepackaged noodles all the time. Yeah. And <laughs> like, there's a big difference between the thing grown on the factory farm and the thing you grow in your backyard. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing as a richer experience. It's okay if it's messy and mangled and bumpy and not the most beautiful thing, but boy, the taste is much better. Yeah. And that's, and so, so we think about that and that the, the idea of, um, of, of like how we, how we control spaces so that it's not noisy so that it's not messy, so that the so that there aren't there isn't a lot of like sort of running around excitement. And I know that when when you get the idea going, and you've got your room 
and you're making stuff, it is not a clean <laughs> or quiet situation. You know, I know my best, my best recordings come when I'm fully immersed in it. And I'm not worried about what anyone else thinks. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not worried if I'm going to be breaking the rules, if somebody's going to hear me, if there's going to be some, you know, repercussion for, for being loud. Right. Right. Yeah. No, you need that creative space to be messy, to make mistakes, and to be vulnerable. But our culture is not comfortable with vulnerability. No, not at all. You know, to, to share, I mean, to share your own your own stuff in front of a group is really, really hard. Yeah. You've got to be willing to take that risk. And even when you think you've created a space where kids feel comfortable doing that, there's still hesitancy. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's so ingrained. Now, I think it's very different if you ask three or four-year-olds to share. They don't have any hesitation. But then it gets taught out of us. Yeah. Yeah, either socially because oh, other kids definitely will. definitely socially, yeah. You know, or... And in the family situations mm-hmm. and in the school situations. Yeah. So it's like the trifecta <laughs> of the creativity death dance. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Maybe we should title this episode <laughs> that. The trifecta of the creativity death dance. <laughs> Sounds like a movement to a Stravinsky <laughs> symphony. Um <laughs> <laughs> which it probably should be and is awesome. So, um, yeah, so I guess I guess the takeaway from this for us, and this is really just a vent <laughs> session. We're really just venting. Well, that's why we're doing this podcast. I mean, honestly, that's why we do everything yeah. that we do. I mean, that's just it. Yeah. And I think people see that when they look at us. They go, oh, wow, these people put creativity front and center. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we really yeah. do. We've, we've, we put it center in our kids, in their, yeah. uh, you know, in all that they do. We, we put it center constantly well, yeah, in I mean, our lives. You know, even, even to, to, to the food we eat, where we are creating what our meals are going to be. You know, there may be a recipe. Uh, I think of your, your mother um, again, and that the recipe is merely a suggestion for what, <laughs> for what should be done. And, and I think about my father, too, who, who takes apart broken things so that he can use the parts that are not broken mm. to fix other things mm-hmm. that are not related to him. Yeah. I mean, and he envisions made... uh, possibilities for objects that you look at them and you go, oh, I never would have thought to turn that into a speaker. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he is incredibly creative. And I think that that was missing from his life for a really long time. And, 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 and he has it and he's grasped it and he loves it. And, you know, I have no, no worries about giving him... You know, my like expensive equipment and saying, here, Frankenstein this for me, right. you know, if you want, because um, he, I know what he'll do and he'll in, in many ways improve it. So, right. yeah, no. Yeah. The, so the point is to flip the script, to mm-hmm. put creativity in everything that is entrenched in creative process. And if you start with the arts, you start with art, music, poetry, dance, theater, any other way of expression, and you put that first, the other things fall into place. Yeah. And we need to flip the script. So, you know, we're going to keep pushing ahead with this podcast because we feel like that's a, a way we can flip the script. That's right. To make our conversations all about this. Yeah. 
and and all the work that we do, you know. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know the um, the so think about think about your own self, and think about how sometimes when maybe someone you know or or a situation that you're in and where you've where you've where you've had that moment where you've thought about well I'll just sideline the art so that they can they can focus on their math or focus on their 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 writing or focus on their the, you know the academics and think about how much time is spent already in academics mm-hmm. and what you're really depriving right. the person of right when, and are you are you using the arts and creativity as a fluffy side thing or how can you make it the first thing? Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the homework <laughs> is to start thinking about that script in our heads. And notice when you have the thought that art or music or something like that is second, it's not as good as, or it couldn't be. Right. It's not a good career choice. Right. If you ever have ever said that or thought that. No, you're going to be a starving artist. Yep. Notice when those phrases pop up and ask yourself where they come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who who gave us that script? And I don't want to read from it anymore. Right. And if the New York Times is listening to this, could we please put the arts first? <laughs> exactly. Above above, <laughs> above the, the drama donate. of the world. Yeah, above the donate button. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let's let's end. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> we'll see you again. You have been listening to Alter to the Muse podcast, a production of Jai Studios, LLC. Visit us at altertothemuse.com for more.